You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hi, I'm Michael Faulkner, pastor for Outreach Ministries here at Victory Church. It is my great honor to be able to share with you in this beginning of the Advent season our series on God with us. You know, there's little debate about who Jesus is as a historical figure. There are very few people that would argue that there was a Palestinian Jew born in the city of Bethlehem around 5 B.C. Very few would argue that point. And most would agree that he was a good man, a prophet, and a powerful religious figure. However, it it begins to, to be a divide as we talk about the Immaculate Conception. You know, birth without fathering. Because in order to accept that, that he was born through a virgin's womb, it requires faith to receive him as God. If we dismiss Jesus' claim to be one with God the Father, we miss the purpose of his ministry altogether. His journey from heaven to earth came to fix the biggest problem that humanity would ever face, sin. And he didn't come just to give it an existential makeover, but rather to do a divine reboot. God himself donned the flesh to come to save us from our sin. His intention was to change everything for the lives of of those who would believe, to deliver us out of hell and to our original destiny. Our text today is found in John's gospel. Now, John is not, John's gospel is not one of the synoptic gospels. Synoptic literally means a system, whether it's a geographic or a, um, uh, a geographic or a uh, Uh, chronological order that it follows. John doesn't follow any of those orders, but John rather gives a uh, almost an executive summary of many of the major events in the life of Jesus Christ. He gives us more of the why things happen than the what it happened. And that is certainly true in our text, the first 14 verses of the Gospel of John. John gives us an overview of the why God with us, Emmanuel. Now, when we say God with us, that is polite, and that is how we pronounce it in our vernacular. But as I have come to understand God's relationship with me, I think of God with us in another vernacular, one that I grew up with. You see, when we say with, that is saying that someone is going to the store with you or that they're going to the movies with you or that they are watching something with you. They are in in association with you. 
But you see, in the vernacular that I grew up with, that wasn't good enough to get you through hard times. I mean, when you face some really difficult times, you wanted to know who was with you. You dropped the H, you see. And, 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 I, and I have to know, I, 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 I want you to know that I have come to see Jesus as being God with me. He is with me, ride or die, no matter what. When I am faithless, he is faithful. When I am struggling, he has me. He has got me. He has been my God every step of the way. He is God with me. So, so when I say God with us, I really mean God with us because he is that kind of God. God wants us to fully experience his life and share it with others. And so rather than send an angel or another prophet, he put on an earth suit. He came himself to deliver us out of hell, to become our Emmanuel, God with us. Through the supernatural manifestation of his word, the word becomes flesh and dwells among us. He becomes like us in every regard except for original sin. It's an amazing, amazing reality and one that we celebrate today. The logos. Now, John uses the word logos, but the word logos is actually a very common word that means message or word. John elevated it to a level of divinity, as we will see in this passage, and it stood. John understood the word to be the incarnate word of God. I love the fact that through that incarnation, we receive Jesus's life, his light, and his love. There's a pastor, Peter Larson of Lebanon Presbyterian Church, and he has a wonderful quote. He says, despite our efforts to keep him out, God intrudes. The life of Jesus is bracketed by two impossibilities, the virgin's womb and an empty tomb. Jesus entered the world through a door marked no entrance and left through a door marked no exit. Isn't that great? As we look at our passage, I'm going to break it up into three parts to give us a, a deeper understanding as we work through it together. The first thing we, 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 that I want to point out is that God gives us life through the Logos. Life comes to us through the Logos. The incarnate word gives us life. John's Gospel, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 reads, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Logos was with God. And the Word was God. Wow. We could do a whole sermon series just on that one sentence. But I continue. Verse 2, And he was with God in the beginning. And through him, all things, say all things, 
all things were made that have been made. Without him, nothing has been made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. God's logos, the word of God, is the only creative power, truly creative power in the universe, in the world. All things were created by him and for him and through him all things exist. But he was in the beginning and he was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing has been made. That creative power is what the incarnation comes to, to give us and reveal to us. The Logos, God's word, is the declaration is a manifestation. The declaration is a manifestation. In Genesis, when it talks about creation, I don't have this scripture verse up there, but we, we all know it. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and, 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 and the earth was formless, and darkness hovered over the deep. And God said, watch this, watch this. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said it, and it manifested. That is the incarnate incarnation that, that happens. That is how this event took place. The word became flesh. I love, uh, uh, Paul says it this way in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, things visible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things, say all things. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things. The emphasis is on all things. His supremacy is found in the incarnation. The supremacy of God, the Godhead, became part of creation. And that is Jesus Christ. And the, the declarations that he makes, every intention that he, his, his desire, his will, is spoken into existence through the word of God, the incarnate word of God. I know I'm using some big words, but I'm, I'm trying to communicate the truth and the power of that truth and the significance of it in each of our lives. Isaiah's, uh, I say the Isaiah's gospel, but the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah 55, verses 10 to 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth or making it bud or flourish, so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. Now, the word in Hebrew is dubar, and that word is the same word as action. It is an action word. It, 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 it literally means to, uh, uh, to, be, uh, to, to be movement, to, to, to uh, be used for action. So 
the, 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 the bar, the word of God, the action of God will accomplish everything that he means it to do. The word of God is not passive. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and the purpose for which I send it, for which I send it. The incarnate Christ brings us life. The incarnate word of God gives us light to the world. God gives light to the world. Let's look back at our text in, in, in John uh, 1, verse 5 through 11. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man who came from God whose name was John. He came as a witness testifying to the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Two things I want to point out here to the, the purpose for light. First, light repels or repeals the darkness. Light is, as, as a principle, light is opposed and more powerful than darkness. If you have a, a, a room that is completely dark and you have a person with a flashlight or a match, now that person is in charge because they know the way out, they know can maneuver around things in the room, but also the, the physical principle that goes along with that is all the darkness in the room has now been influenced, been overcome by the light. Light overcomes the darkness. When God created the heavens and the earth, it says darkness hovered over the deep and he created light. And guess what? Darkness no longer ruled over the deep. Light was in charge. When light shows up, light runs things. Jesus came in the flesh to light up the world. He came and the world got lit. The world became uh, a, a, a place. Now, it says that he came to his own, but his own did not recognize him, that many did not receive him. That means that they have on dark glasses. They, they, their, their vision of God is hindered because they refuse to believe because they love the darkness. But the light repeals or repels the darkness. The second thing that light does is light reveals the glory of God. You see, Jesus came, one, to give us life, but also to reveal the love of God, the glory of God. And, and that revelation takes place in his presence. As, as we look at him, we see God the Father. So he reveals who God is and his relationship to us. The, 
The plan of salvation required a perfect lamb, a perfect sacrifice. There certainly was not one that could be born uh, in normal circumstances. So God put on flesh in every way except sin. He did not have original sin. And he was, uh, John was given the honor of being the front runner. The, the John the Baptist was given the honor of being the divine front runner, pointing the way to Jesus, telling people, this is the light. This is the, the one that, that we talked about. This is the one that we've been waiting for. And, and his incarnation signaled that God was changing things around. Look at what Hebrews has to say. Hebrews 1 Verses 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, say last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through him, he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, the word here for word is not just logos, but it's rhema. It's rhema, meaning the action word, the actionable word, sustaining all things by his actionable word after he had provided the purification for sin he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven God's plan required a perfect sacrifice God's the incarnation revealed who he was and what he came to do revealing God's love for the world so that all can experience, all who desire can receive this light. The incarnate word provides the life that God wants us to enjoy and the light that we need to experience God's revelation. Jesus is God's selfie. Yes. We want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. The light of the world. Finally, God's word, the logos, reveal his love for the world. Look at verse 12 of our text. John 1, verse 12 through 14, and I will also read 18. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
verse 18, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and closest and in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. The Creator becomes part of creation in order to reveal God's love. That's an amazing reality. It's not just a story. It's amazing. I, I love what, what Augustine says in, in one of his sermons. Um, Augustine said, He was created of a mother whom he created. He was carried by hands that he formed. He cried in the manger in wordless infancy. He, the word, without whom all human eloquence is mute. Wow. So powerful. Such powerful imagery. Taking on the limitations of your creation. When my three uh, children were young, well, first, the, the oldest two were young. We used to play a game called horsey. And horsey was when they were toddlers and and you get the gist of horsey as you ride on the back of a horsey, right? But it was a little bit more in depth because my daughter, being the shrewd business person that she, woman she, she was at, at, at five years old, said, eh, there needs to be more to this. And so she would negotiate the sale of the horse, the trades, and so forth. And it was it was it was long and involved, much too much for this this illustration. However, the gist of it was the horsey became you know, in their control, and and I was the horsey, and I would ride around, them around on my back, or the horsey's back, in, in our two-bedroom apartment in New York until my knees got tired, which was not too long. But the horsey was one of them. I couldn't speak. I took on limitations in order to enjoy play with my children. It was one of the most exciting times of my life because I got to experience things on their level and they dropped their guard and they, 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 they had this, this wonderful fantasy with the horsey. It wasn't daddy, it was the horsey. The only time daddy, <clears throat> the only time the horsey could break ranks was in the, in the event of some kind of danger when they were trying to feed the horsey something he really couldn't, didn't want. Or, but, you know, they could feed the horsey, they could comb his hair, they could pet the horsey, they could ride on the horsey, and, and, and so forth. I entered into their world of play. And I think about God so much as he enters into our world so that we can experience his love in a tangible way. Philippians chapter 2 says, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, and being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on the cross. During my playtime with my children, I took on limitations of a game for just a very short period of time. I, I, I can only imagine what the God of creation felt like taking on the limitations of humanity for those 33 years in order to demonstrate his love. Finally, I want to 
share this with you. In order for God's love to truly be comprehended, it must be shared. In order for this incarnation, this reality, this life, this light, this love to truly be comprehended, it has to be shared. John's, First uh, John, John's epistle, First John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6 says this, We know we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone, that's you, if anyone obeys his word, the love of God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Are you living the incarnate life? Are you living the reality of the incarnation? Are you allowing the life, the light, and the love of God to shine through you? Perhaps you're, you're watching today and you would say, Pastor Michael, I, I, I don't know that I know Jesus in a personal way. Well, I want you to know that today, right now, right here, where you're watching, you can become that child of God. You can receive him by faith. Simply praying this prayer, believing it in your heart. Dear God, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And I accept his death as full payment for my sin. And God, I ask you to come into my life. I believe that you sent Jesus, and I believe that his death on the cross saves me. Fill me with your spirit so that I may live a life, the life that you have called me to live. If you just prayed that prayer right now, I want you to know that the Bible says, not me, not our church, but the Bible says, the word of God says, you are saved. Welcome to the family of God. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. If this message inspired you, feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.